Levo to the right hand, puts her down. He's going to dump him hard to the ice. Brady Levo just loves to fight. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome. My dream of being a professional hockey player became a reality, but it was all taken away from me in a very short period of time. For many years, hockey was my outlet. Hockey was my drug. When I had a stick in my hand, nothing else mattered. I was able to break into the Western Hockey League in 2004, and I even won the Swift Current Broncos Rookie of the Year. During the summer of my rookie year, I experimented with drugs for the first time. After just seven games in my sophomore season, I walked away from the Swift Current Broncos due to personal reasons. Nobody knew I had been sexually abused at the age of five. I did everything to hide it from everybody, but I just couldn't take it. Drugs and alcohol now took over my life. I did return to the Swift Current Broncos as a 19-year-old, but things were never the same. I was eventually traded to the Kelowna Rockets in my final year of junior where I got to play on a line with the Dallas Stars captain, Jamie Benn, and one of my best friends, the extremely talented Colin Long. It was by far my best season ever, and I even signed with the Tampa Bay Lightning's organization. A dream come true, right? That's when everything went wrong. First it was the cocaine, then came the Oxycontin, and that led me into a 12-year journey into the deepest pits of hell. Within two years, I had now made the switch to heroin, fentanyl, and everything in between, and I was now an intravenous drug user. Multiple suicide attempts and over five trips to the psych ward, I was a shadow of who I once was. By 2014, I was homeless on Hastings in Vancouver, the worst street in North America. By 2015, I was a wanted criminal, making the Crime Stopper headlines more than once. After spending three years in jail, I had completely given up. With nowhere to turn and nowhere to go, I finally started to get honest. I took a chance and made some major changes. This is my story. I overdosed over 10 times. I'm one of the lucky ones. And for that, I will always be grateful. This is for all the men and women we've lost. Matthew Lazinski, Mitch Fadden, this one's for you. My name's Brady Liebel, and I've been to hell and back. This is the road to recovery. Warrior. All right, guys, what's going on? Welcome. Hockey to hell and back. Episode number 43. You guys know I'm Brady Leewald coming at you guys live from Muskoka, Ontario. I love this area. I feel very lucky to be here. Uh, if you're listening after the fact, thank you. I got to fly through these intros. My guest has got some work to do. Even when he's got his days off, he's got to watch hockey. That's the business he's in. And you know what? I kind of want to watch the game too myself. A um, couple things though I want to cover. We're going to do a giveaway later in the show. We're going to give away a puck support hat and also a roll of pride tape. Uh, both sponsors of the show. Um, thank you to Jeff, everybody at Pride Tape uh, for supporting uh, the cause uh, and everything that you guys do uh, to bring equality in the game of hockey and all of sports. Shout out to you guys and a special shout out to my friend Curtis Gabriel for really leading the way. Um, amazing work. 
Uh, the last thing before we get right into this episode, you guys know you can see all these pictures building beside me. Uh, the memoriam of all those individuals that we've lost to uh, drug-related deaths uh, and suicides. The picture is there. There's a collage. And uh, this is what gets me out of bed every single morning. You know, This is what drives my train. And I feel very, very lucky um, that I'm not in this picture. And so tonight, uh, as always, we're going to dedicate this episode uh, to one, uh, one more of hockey's angel so always up here is the new one for tonight he'll go over here on the wall after this episode and tonight's episode is in memory of mark potvin um mark potvin played for the detroit red wing red wings the la kings the hartford whalers and the boston bruins uh tragically took his own life in 2006 uh and i just you know my heart goes out to his whole family i know it was years ago but we're never, ever going to forget any of these individuals here at Puck Support. And this is my life's mission to, uh, you know, limit the amount of people that are out there suffering. So um, just uh, my condolences to the Potman family. I know he has a, a, had a wife and kids um, and it's just a terribly sad story. Um, but I take great pride uh, in remembering all of these individuals. So without further ado, guys, we're going to get right into the episode. You know how this goes. We'll see you in about five minutes. Well, I'm not going to lie. I'm pretty excited right now. I've been looking forward to having this man on my podcast for a long time, even long before he even agreed to come on the show. There's something to be said about NHL hockey players as a kid when we're growing up in Canada. I've said it before. I certainly look to them like they were superheroes that they never had any issues really going on. They were invincible. As much respect and admiration I have for hockey players that achieve greatness in the sport, it's really what they do off the ice that always seems to catch my attention and my imagination. And one of those great men is Kelly Rudy. Kelly Rudy played 15 years in the NHL and he didn't even start playing hockey until age 12. He didn't make a rep team until he was 16, and the following year he made the jump to the Western Hockey League, earning a spot with the Medicine Hat Tigers at 17 years old. Side note, it was in Medicine Hat that I lost my four front teeth during a game while I was playing with the Swift Current Broncos versus the Medicine Hat Tigers. Just recently, I read Kelly Rudy's book, Calling the Shots, Ups, Downs, and Rebounds, My Life in the Great Game of Hockey. There's many points that I took away from this book. Not only is it filled with great stories from his life in hockey, but he also shares a very vulnerable side that not many people do. And I don't think many people would have believed that Kelly Rudy was going through during his playing career. After the 1980 season, Kelly Rudy was drafted in the second round, 38th overall by the historic New York Islanders. The following season, in his third and final year with the Medicine Hat Tigers, Kelly Rudy was named to the WHL's second All-Star team. The following year was his first year pro, suiting up with the Central Hockey League's Indianapolis Checkers, where he would receive the CHL Playoffs Most Valuable Player, the CHL Terry Sawchuk Trophy, and he was also recognized as a CHL First Team All-Star. 
He matched that incredible season by once again repeating all three of the same honors the very next season before finally getting the call to the big club, making his debut with the New York Islanders. Kelly Rudy would play parts of six seasons with the Islanders. In between there, he made appearances at the World Championships with Team Canada, and he was also a member of the 1987 Canada Cup championship winning team. Rudy then moved on to the Los Angeles Kings right in their heyday when all the Hollywood stars were there. Of course, Wayne Gretzky was there. But this is where he started to have some mental challenges. And I admire him for opening up about them in his book and virtually everywhere he's had a chance to have a platform. Rudy would round out his career, his final two years suiting up with the San Jose Sharks before hanging them up, calling it a career after 15 years in which he appeared in 677 regular season games and another 85 playoff games. Rudy found instant success after retirement in the broadcast world. He's become a staple on Hockey Night in Canada and Sportsnet since his retirement. He's really a man that needs no introduction. He's become a Canadian hockey icon and his work in the mental health field has been astounding. In 2017, he was recognized with an honorary degree from the Mount Royal University for his advocacy efforts in the mental health world. Kelly Rudy has not only just been open about his own challenges, but he's been very public about some of the challenges him and his beautiful wife Donna faced with one of his daughters, Caitlin. Let's all be honest. We all know somebody, probably somebody very close to us that has or is going through some sort of mental health challenge. I know I am. And I believe it's when we can share our stories that it doesn't only empower us, but it empowers other people to seek the help that they need and deserve as well. Kelly is a proud dad to three beautiful girls, Caitlin, Jessica, and Megan. And now all grown up, Caitlin is also a mental health advocate. She and Kelly have launched a clothing company called More Good Days Clothing Limited, and I would suggest you all check it out. But I'm sure we're going to talk about that. So without further ado, if I don't stop talking, you guys know this intro may never end, and his time is very, very valuable. I am so grateful to introduce to you guys my new friend, <laughs> Kelly Rudy. Well, What's going on? Holy cow, Brady. You would have thought I did something in life. Uh, <laughs> that's awfully kind of you. How are you doing, my friend? I'm doing well. Thanks. Thanks so much for doing this. I, I man, I, I know you're busy because every time I turn the TV on, I swear to God, you're right there. It's like, hey, there's uh, he's on again. No wonder he like it, it just seems like you're you're always on TV. And I know that even when you're not, I think there's even more work that goes in when you're not on TV, all the behind the scenes. Yeah. I don't think people really quite understand, even when the flames aren't playing, you got to, you have to know everything that's going on in the NHL. Um, and uh, yeah, so I can, and I just, before we get into it, I commend yeah. you for your work because you're, you're very good. Um, you were always very good at it, but I mean, you just continue to get better and, and wow, man, like, uh, yeah, you just, you, you guys all do such a great job, but yeah, I just, I love the work and uh, I know that, so many other people will echo that as well. Yeah, thanks, Brady. Yeah, we're really proud of the shows that uh, we have, whether it's uh, on a regional broadcast with my broadcast partner, Rick Ball and Ryan Leslie and Brendan Parker and Cassie uh, Campbell-Pascal, uh, 
it's just it's just been a real joy and then also on the Sportsnet side or Hockey Night in Canada with the, the crews we have and as you've known uh, in the last couple of years we made a lot of changes and it's very exciting and it's uh, cool to be a part of this team and uh, getting to know some new people it's just been we're really really blessed Brady. Well, check check you out there, Kel. Like that that's a that's a while ago there, isn't it? That's probably in the early days there. But you've come. You know you've... That was that was a very stressful time in our life. That was two thousand and four, uh, and that was when we found out that Caitlin was going through a whole bunch of things. So that uh, picture has a lot of meaning to me. Yeah, and here's a uh, a picture from uh, us together. This was her high school grad um man just uh real good memories and uh you know she as you mentioned uh brady she's just been doing so great i have to clarify one thing I, sure i'm not a part of the uh, more good days clothing that's okay and her husband hayden uh, i just happen to be the spokesperson that every once in a while and i'm, I'm wearing one of the shirts today and uh yeah thanks for bringing it up i want to share that story with you too brady because that turned oh my gosh i just it's such a profound statement right so that statement is uh, shortened a little bit from what Caitlin, when she was 12, she was diagnosed with OCD and anxiety. And uh, after about four years of therapy, she came to us one day and she said, you know, mom, dad, I'm starting to have more good days than bad. And so that's where that statement came from. And so they just shortened it to more good days. And I think all of us can relate. That's what we're searching for, right? And uh, also a statement I, I just love that Ron McLean left me with one time. We're having we're texting on uh, Bell. Let's talk. And uh, Ron said something about, uh, "Man, you are prepared, Brady." Holy. And uh, Ron left me with a text, and it was so cool. He said, "Inner peace. What a quest!" And uh, wow. I guess that's what we're all searching for. And uh, it, I just love these conversations. Who would have thought, Brady? Say ten years ago, that two grown men like you and I would be having a conversation about how how we're feeling or what we've gone through. And your story was unbelievable. And I, I commend you for your bravery and sharing uh, with everybody what you've gone through. And and you're, you are a game changer for people. You're helping people. You're a beacon of light for people to uh, tell your story and uh, where you were in life and look at you now. You've got to be awfully proud of yourself. Well, I, I appreciate that. And, you know, I just, it, there's been other people like yourself ahead of me doing it that, you know, I've kind of broken down those barriers before I started to do it to make me feel more comfortable. You look, I look to guys like Sheldon Kennedy and Theron Fleury, who have also been on the show as well and become friends. And um, I don't know if you heard, but I'm actually going to rollerblade across Canada next spring um, with, with Sheldon Kennedy's permission, of course. Um, yeah. Oh. So I'm starting in Newfoundland. Um, Terry Ryan is going to join me and skate Newfoundland with me. Oh, cool. um, he's a friend too. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so we're just trying to put it all together and uh, just started training recently. The rollerblades, my Mars blades broke on the second day, but that's okay. That I've, I've had bigger challenges than that, Kelly. So we'll, we'll get through it. But, you know, it's individuals like yourself that, you know, really you have that platform, right? And you got, you, there's a lot of you that have used it for, for so much good in this world, uh, especially now with the things that the challenges we're going through. I mean, it's a pretty tumultuous time. And, and, and I think a lot of people are experiencing mental health challenges that maybe they had never imagined going through. And um, so I very important, you know, you, you, you mentioned that I'm a game changer, but you know, you're, you have a much bigger platform and, and a lot more people looking at you. It's a lot more pressure. So I, I commend you. And I kind of want to get into that a little bit. And before we go any further, I really want to give a shout out 
to your wife because I, I read your book like very recently and, and, and you just reminded so many times in that book how she was your rock. I have yep. I have uh, old I'm trying I have so many pictures loaded, but here's one of you guys when you're young right there, just, Kel. Just gonna try and get a little more light in here. There we go. Oh, right. Yeah. I, yeah I, okay. I got it off. Great memory, but, right? I, I mean, uh, that's when we met in Medicine Hat where I played junior. And, yeah. Uh, and uh, so we've been together 41 years uh, coming up. Uh, or no, around 41 now. We've been married uh, this summer, 37. Look at those pads, right, Brady? I mean, unreal. Uh, unreal. And I'm glad you brought her up because uh, I like to share this story about uh, the re relationship that we have and the importance of uh, her being real. And, and uh, there was an experience that I was going through in Los Angeles, and I'm not proud of it, but uh, I shared it in the book about, uh, you know, you're young, I was 28 maybe or something, and you're trying to figure out life. And, and our team was awfully popular, and uh, Bruce McDowell, our owner, I think his, one of his goals not only to have a great team, but a really popular team. And so that's kind of hard to get used to, and you don't know it. And I had never played in Canada, so I didn't know – um, you know, that kind of pressure. And I didn't know about, uh, you know, being recognized that much. And so it started to change in LA a little bit. And uh, there was after one game and we came out of the rink, my wife and I, and uh, I suppose I wasn't as nice, nice to some of the autograph seekers as I should have been, or as, or as she expected. And so when we got to the car, before I could even put the key in the ignition, she goes, that's enough of that. You're going to go back to being the good guy that uh, you always were before. Uh, and so from that point on I can honestly tell you I've never been rude to a person again in my life um, it was a good moment for me good learning moment and uh, I don't know how I got lost along the way um, but uh, I'm proud to share that story because it can happen to anybody and I'm sure there are young players out there that uh, might be going through something similar right now and maybe just not as grateful as they need to be like I wasn't yeah, well, listen, thanks for sharing that. And that's uh, it's a very powerful message, right? And especially uh, you start to get around uh, some of these, uh, you know, personalities like Michael J. Fox and Mike Myers and Matthew Broderick. Uh, and also I want to give a shout out to Kurt Russell and Goldie Hawn because I played Wyatt, by the way. Um, oh, cool, right? I played with him in junior for a short period of time. So so I, I, I met them, of course, and, and I yep. know them. But um, yeah, so a lot of stars around and, and it can go to anybody's ego. But I wanted to mention about Donna in the book is that, you know, you went through these challenges, but you also had this remarkable woman by your side. And I, I just think to this um, quite often, this isn't the first time that I brought this up on the show, but maybe in the most detail is that these these the wives of hockey players, it's such a thankless job. I read in your book, the story of, you know, when she was pregnant for the first time and and you weren't even able to be there. Um, and, and she was completely understanding. I know it's tough. I, I, I just had a young daughter too, and I was away and I missed it. I got there hours later, so I, I get it. Uh, it still hurts my heart to this day. But I know around the second time, she's like, no, that's not happening. And they accommodated you, which was really nice. But it's very important for, I think, everybody to understand you know, how much these women um, can really hold it down for the hockey players when they have the right one. And it sure seems like you found the right one. I sure did. And, you know, to your point, I, yeah, you're so right, Brady. So, uh, you know, I've been around the game for so long. I, I was drafted in 1980, as you mentioned in the intro, and it was a different world, right? It was a different culture, and I'm not blaming anybody. But back then, the hockey world, they didn't believe in the uh, husband uh, being there for the birth of any of the children. So that's how I wasn't there for Jessica. 
Now, it was a good thing because it was that was one of the I think I was the last guy actually on the Islanders that had to go through that. And then Greg Gilbert and his wife Tammy, they were expecting uh, their next uh, on the team. And uh, I think maybe the team even consulted with the players like, what should we do here? And uh, so it was it was understood that Greg could be there for the birth of their daughter, um, Lauren. But, you know, it's just interesting. I look back, you know, with appreciation now, uh, even more so with my wife, Donna, and other hockey wives or sports wives in that sense, because I love that picture, by the way. We're at an event for a David Foster event here in, in Calgary. And uh, uh, but, you know, I think, man, like we have two grandchildren now. And although this pandemic has made it very difficult for us to be around and help out as much as we would like, there have been stretches where we have been able to help out with the uh, being a grandparent and so on. And I, I have to say this, until you really realize all the work that my wife had to do on her own, because I'd go on a road trip, we had three young kids at one point, uh, my mom and dad and Donna's mom and dad could make it on occasion, but not that often. And so she was doing everything on her own and not a complaint, right? It was just unbelievable. It was just, she's just such a wonderful lady. Yeah, and I just I just really wanted to give her a shout out because a lot of times and I know that you gave her tons of credit in the book, but I just think that there's a lot. Everybody wants to talk about the, the yeah. hockey star, the hockey player. And and sometimes they're and really they're the stars. Right. And, and yeah. so I just wanted to really uh, give Brady, her a shout out. Brady, give me one sec. I have to mute the TV. The game's on. <laughs> yeah, do do your thing. I'm going to play. You know what I'll do is I'll play. Uh, I'll play one of my sponsors here. I'm, uh, I'm back. And, yeah. Oh, you're back. We don't even look at you. You're so you're quick. You're still a big kick save to uh, turn the chat, turn the TV down. Right. I, I thought I had uh, turned the TV down, but I just paused it. So the game came back on when we were chatting. Yeah, well, I, I want to kind of circle back and, and just talk about your childhood a little bit because mm -hmm. it, you know, I, it captured my, my attention, my imagination while I was reading the book. Um, I know you were very close to your dad and uh, I'm very, I'm very close to my dad and uh, just, you know, very kind of humble beginnings right from day one. Um, you know, like um, the, the family trips, I'm sorry if this is hard for you to see or anything, That's but, great. Um, you know, it. There you are. Uh, there you are in your trike too. Sorry if you if you don't mind me using these pictures, do oh, you? Of course not. Those these are beautiful memories of mine. So you know that first picture that you showed. By the way, that's uh, yes, that that's just outside the town of Bam or Jasper, uh, and that was my dad's favorite viewpoint. Uh, and I think you understand or recognize from the book that we didn't grow up with very much, right? Yes. And so we're, the holidays that we were able to take, we had a small little trailer and we'd leave Edmonton uh, early in the morning so we could get a nice campsite in Jasper and we'd holiday for a week or maybe a little bit more. We'd go to uh, Banff and Jasper. That was my dad's, mom and dad's favorite places to go. Uh, and, you know, it was a gift. I remember sitting on the bus one time when I was playing for LA Kings and I was just, starting to learn a little bit about my one of my really great friends now pat conacher and we we're talking about our childhood and so on and he's telling me about his and i'm sharing mine he goes man your mom and dad gave you the greatest gift the love for the mountains and and he was so right so my brother and i that's still our favorite place uh, i know he's passed on that same love to his his uh, sons yep there's my brother ken and and uh, we've done the same for our daughters uh, they love the mountains um and, you know, one of the things I wanted to do, and I think I shared this in the book, 
I wanted to be a park warden. I had no idea I'd ever be a pro athlete and then end up on television. So this stupid game got in my way. And, and uh, <laughs> But I was always hoping to be a park warden in Jasper, Banff, or Yoho, or Kootenai, something like that. And uh, I still have never lost my love of the uh, mountains. And when that day comes, when I might know I might only have one more trip in my life, it'll certainly be to the Rocky Mountains. Wow. Yeah. And I, I mean, I, I love it too. I, I recently just did a, an online retreat and it was surrounded, I mean, obviously with COVID, but surrounded about nature and guided meditations of being in nature. And I haven't, you know, I've got to spend a lot of time in nature last year uh, as part of my early recovery out on the ATV up in the woods in Muskoka at my girlfriend's parents place and I, I it saved my life um, even getting out on the outdoor rink very lucky because I didn't grow up with that but here in Muskoka that's it's a it's a whole nother world when it comes to that um, and I, I just remind all these people all the people in uh, Ontario and all the places that are cold how lucky they are that they have these rinks everywhere I was like a little kid again I'm like what right? like this is insane. And um, so, it, you know, I really found the love for just being on the ice again, because I was off the ice for 10 years uh, up until just over a year ago. So it's, it's been a nice, it's been a nice change. Um, yeah, but I, I what, wanna, what, do go you, ahead. what do you enjoy the most? What is, is it the skating itself and getting back that joy that you once had or stick handling? Or stick handling. Yeah. Um, yeah, stick handling is, I, I have a stick in my hand. And even when I was a kid, I, I was watching hockey games with a golf ball in my house, sometimes banking it off the wall or whatever, you know, a little extra here and there getting in trouble. But yeah, just having that stick in my hands. And I would just, even when I'm rollerblading, I just did a little bit of training before they broke. I can't, I'm not rollerblading without a stick in my hand. And oh. I have I got one of those green biscuits, Tom Peterson's company. Um, and yep. in my pocket, I, I, and whenever there's like not a busy street, I'm throwing it down. Cause I can't like, I just enjoy it so much. Right. Um, but I want to, I really want to highlight a point that, you know, I mentioned in the intro is how you, you got a really late start in hockey. I mean, you were already a, a, a an athlete, you played baseball, you were football, um, you know, so you have that athletic ability, but as we all know, hockey's a, totally different sport because you have to skate and if you can't skate you can't play hockey if in yeah. my experience in my experience kelly you take a elite level hockey player and you put him in any other sport they pick it up very quickly and so i always say like if you were to put you know uh stephen curry against Connor mcdavid in basketball of course he's gonna win but Connor mcdavid would have a much easier time keeping up with him on a basketball court than curry would on ice with Connor mcdavid you know what i mean so you got a you got a very late start, um, and you didn't make any rep teams, and you kind of got a lucky break when Clint Malarchuk, who also has been on the show, got called up, uh, um, and and you kind of just took off. But it all comes back to the fact that you believed in yourself. So share share a little bit about that because there's a huge lesson there for people listening. Okay, so when I was 11 years old, um, I I asked my mom and dad if I could join an organized hockey team, and simply Brady because I wanted to be around my friends more often, like our neighborhood is really close and uh, all the kids, we played ball hockey together. We did all these different sports as you notice. I we all played baseball together. We played football. We did all these things that were unbelievable, but I, I noticed I was sort of missing my friends because they're going to hockey practice or games during the winter. And I'm, I'm not right. And so I asked my mom and dad if I could join and they gave me the greatest advice. They both said no. Uh, but if you learn how to skate this winter, then we'll let you join next uh, year. So I went to the outdoor rink close to our house uh, almost every single day after school and uh, learned how to skate. And then the next year I joined and, you know, here's how I chose to play goal. 
So somewhere around, uh, I don't know, early September, uh, maybe August, my buddy Jeff Marshall and I were playing ball hockey in his driveway and his dad comes out and he's watching us for a little bit. And my buddy Jeff asked me what position I wanted to play. And I didn't really know. And I, I don't know yet. And Mr. Marshall said something, you know, Kelly, I don't want to influence you too much. But whenever I watch you neighborhood guys playing ball hockey, you stop the ball more than anybody else by far. So I thought, hmm, okay, I'll try it. And then I tried it the first practice, and uh, I absolutely fell in love with it and the challenges of playing that position. And you're right. I wasn't good enough to make any rep teams until I was 16, uh, my last year midget. And that year, Clint had already moved on. He was he was a rock star, right? He was he was already playing junior hockey. I think he started when he was 15 um, and with uh, Fort Saskatchewan Traders. Uh, but so I go to this uh, rep team, I get cut and I come home and I'm really discouraged. And at this point, I really do think I'm going to quit hockey. And my brother uh, convinced me. He said, just give it one more try. Another rep team just called. They found out you got cut and they'd like you to try out tomorrow. So I went. And surprisingly to me, Brady, they only had one goalie. I don't know the backstory. I don't know what happened. And, and so I made that rep team. And then during the course of that year, I really started to recognize I was starting to improve. I didn't know at what level I was going to ever get to. But we ended up winning the city finals. We won the provincial finals. We played against Mike Vernon's team in Calgary. Yeah. Um, and then I was uh, – back then, you weren't drafted by junior teams. You were sent to letter. And I was sent a letter by uh, New Westminster Bruins and by Medicine Hat. Well, Medicine Hat was closer, so I chose to go to the Tigers, and uh, I made it somehow. I, I made it. The The second day of training camp, our coach, uh, Vic Stasiak, called me in, and I thought I was getting cut. <laughs> and Vic uh, said, within two minutes, you've made the team. Uh, I mean, how did you know, I had no way to even think about that or, you know, understand that concept. I didn't really know much about hockey or junior hockey. So I told him I had to go home and uh, think about it. And so the general manager came and chatted with my family. We chose to go ahead with it. And like you, I, I'm sure you're probably the same, Brady. I was so homesick that first year. And uh, the first few months were just horrible. I still think about that now when uh, uh, young boys or girls, they go to, you know, whether they're going to school or go play sports somewhere and how difficult it is on them and their families. And man, it's, it's just a different world. Yeah, and I, you know, I, I had so many challenges. I made the Broncos at sixteen, and and right. I did not to stay because I was too homesick. I went back at seventeen. Yeah. I got rookie of the year, but during that season too, I took what would now be recognized as a mental health leave of absence for like two weeks, wow. and then it, and then the next year I ended up walking away from the team seven games in because I couldn't. I just was having mental breakdowns, all my trauma from childhood and everything right. else. But uh, there's a really uh, a story highlighted in there because there was a time when you wanted to quit and, and you called your mom and said, yeah. hey, mom, I'm going to quit. But she made you she made you stick it out for one more day. And uh, aren't you glad <laughs> you did that? She said uh, that was my first year. It was within the first three months. And she said something like, uh, in fact, we had this conversation, my mom and I recently. And uh, she said something about she could hear the despair in my voice and the, I guess the tone of what I was saying and how difficult I was finding it. And, and she said something like, okay, well sleep on it. There's nothing we can do tonight uh, because medicine at Edmonton, it's about a six hour drive. And then let's talk in the morning and let's see how you feel. And she said, I never called back. 
I guess I guess I must have had a, a decent sleep and I it was you know behind me now and and but the second half of the year was much easier for me and I really started to enjoy the idea of living away at 17 and you know trying to see how far this hockey thing was going to take me could you imagine how much different your life would be if you would have went home? You would have met Donna. You wouldn't have played in the NHL probably. You wouldn't have been on Hockey Night in Canada. Just one yeah. of these profound moments in your life that you actually – and a, another great lesson there is, you know, take that time and really try to just live live through that emotion and feel it even though you're not uncomfortable in that moment. It doesn't mean that it's not going to get better, um, you know, the next day even. And then look at the opportunities that came from that. So, uh, yeah, I, I love that story. There were so many great stories in, in the book. Kelly, you did such a great job um, with Kirsty McClellan Day. I mean, she's done, she's done some great work. I've, I've read, you know, Tough Guy. Danny Probert's become one of my yeah. good friends now, the, the Probert family. And, and, yeah. and all of her work is, is so great. Um, and I just, yeah, you guys did such an amazing job with the book. I was... I don't know why I was a little bit surprised, but I just I I kind of just didn't stop to really realize the uh, the guys that you really got to play with. You played against Tony Esposito in your first game, and you're on the the, the Islanders, like with all these legends. Um, pretty incredible. Al Arbor's your coach. I got a I got a really good picture of Al Arbor. Tell me one your favorite Al Arbor story, because I mean this guy is just such a legend. Look at him there. I know. His nickname was Radar, and uh, but I'll tell you one thing that really surprised. I've got millions of stories about Al. Al was uh, I, as you heard in the book or read in the book. I had a wonderful dad, um, but uh, Al was like a second father to me. Uh, he was not trying to replace my dad. He just had common sense like my dad. And uh, one of my favorite stories, and it really surprised me. It might have been my second year in New York or something, and uh, Don and I didn't have children yet. And uh, we're going into Manhattan on a, not a regular basis, but certainly enough to try and experience Manhattan and what that great city has to offer. And uh, so one day Al comes into the dressing room and keep in mind, this is an experienced team. They had just won four Stanley Cups and, and the year before we lost in the finals. So five consecutive years in the finals. And so Al comes in and he says something like, how many of you guys go into Manhattan? <laughs> And I'm thinking, oh, my gosh, you know, I'm kind of afraid to put up my hand because I'm thinking, is he going to think that we're partying in Manhattan and experiencing that sort of thing, like studio, whatever, whatever that 82 or something? I can't even remember. As you can tell, I was never there. So <laughs> but, uh, he goes and I put up my hand about four or five other guys did. And he said, that's good. You guys should do that. And he said, all of you guys should do that. You guys should go into that city and explore. You guys should go to Broadway. Broadway is amazing. And then he goes something like, you know what? I, I think of you guys kind of like Broadway actors, although your stage is a sheet of ice, but that's what you guys do. You perform for the people. They pay money to see you. That's something really, really incredible. And you should be really appreciative of that. And, and But he said, but you should be more than just a hockey player. You should be well-rounded. You should have another life. You should do have other interests because that'll only make you a better hockey player if you have all these other hobbies. And he was so right. But, you know, I was I was kind of under, under the assumption that it was old school and he wouldn't believe in that stuff. So that that's one of many stories that uh, I just loved Al for. 
Yeah, he seemed like uh, seemed like a like a stern guy, but uh, like yeah. the way we described him was that he that at the end of the day he he cared, right? He, he cared about you, and and that's kind of an important piece, I think, when you're when you're part of a team, um, especially when you're new to a team. If you have a coach, even though because they have to separate themselves, right? Like they can't be your friend all the time. Like that's you're right. not going to be successful doing that. There has to be that that line. But knowing that, okay, when the business side of it is over, that they legitimately care about your well-being, um, it makes you want to play for them even more. And you know, I can't say all my coaches were like that, but one of them in particular, I will give a shout out to, is Terry Roskowski, um, was a coach of mine and just unbelievable human. He actually plucked me out of rehab. Um, the first time I was in rehab, I didn't play for two years. I made a tiny little comeback to the central league when I was 24 and he gave me an opportunity. He, he, you know, he, he, and he just, yeah, he just cared about me and, and yeah, really gave me an opportunity. And, and I just, I'm so thankful for that. So, you know, we, you remember these, these guys that, you know, and, and he wasn't always nice about everything, but he, yeah. I knew he cared. So I think there's a, yeah. important, but, um, awesome. yeah. Yeah, I wanted to talk to you before we move on from your Islander days, um, even though you were there, and we cause, just because we're kind of pressed for time. Yeah. Um, but tell me about your relationship with with this guy here, Billy Smith, because <laughs> sounds like you guys and and the reason why I bring this up is because here you guys are battling for the same job, and there's a story in the book that. I will never forget, and it speaks volumes of why you played, in my opinion, why you played 15 years in the NHL because Billy Smith went in, you could tell it, but something about the, him going in the coach's office and you're yep. right behind him and you're like, no, like you stood up for yourself. Yep, yeah, so that, that was a real powerful moment uh, uh, in my career. And the great thing about this whole experience or episode is that Billy and I never took offense to each other when we'd go into the coach's room and, and – asked for more ice time because we thought we deserved it. So here's the story. So Billy, of course, had won four Stanley Cups. He's a hockey hall of famer. But over the course of time, I'm starting to get a little bit more ice time. I'm a younger guy, up and coming. And and uh, I guess Billy's best days were behind him, but not much. I mean, he was still an unbelievable goalie. And so I was starting to get a little bit more action and Billy didn't like it. And I saw one day he barged into the coach's room and uh, I kind of had a real good idea what was going to happen and what he was saying. And so I marched right in there behind him. And uh, I said, you know, I can't say the language that we said, but it was something like, I'm not going to take any of that. I'm not having any of that. I'm, you know, I'm earning my own ice right here. Nobody's gifting this to me and I deserve it. And so Billy and I were so competitive in that way, but in a really healthy way, we played tennis together. Uh, away from the rink we did a whole bunch of things we had dinner I'd say 85% of the nights on the road together uh, which is pretty rare for two guys battling for the same uh, same net uh, and he really taught me more in my career Brady about do the same thing to other young goalies that they want your job somewhere down the road they're gonna have to earn it and so I gave nobody a job you know and I had great relationships with everybody I played with, but you have to earn your eyesight. I'm not just going to stand back and allow you to take my job away from me without a fight. And it was a great, I think Byron Defoe said something similar. Uh, he really complimented me one time after about, uh, I guess we must've had a chat about that. And he thanked me for that because it was a great lesson for him. And he did the same thing in his career. Yeah, I, 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 like I said, there's so many great stories, but these are the ones that stuck out to me because, like you said, here's a guy, four Stanley Cups, 
hockey, you know, future hockey hall of famer. And he's, he's been the guy and here you are a, a young, I don't want to say punk kid, but a guy that's been working yeah. to get there and deserving it. But I don't know how many other guys would have marched in there after this guy who's won four Stanley cups. And, and so I give you a lot of respect for that. And I think, you know, anybody listening or watching, you know, take a, take lesson in that um, to, you have to kind of fight for, for, you know, to get, yeah get an opportunity sometimes. And I mean, you have to be careful sometimes how you do it, but at the same time, there's a definitely a time and a place. And that was a, a pretty powerful story for me anyways. So I can, I can add to that. So uh, recently you saw Connor Hellebuck get pulled, right? And Paul Maurice yep. wasn't happy with the three goals he gave up. And then the next day Hellebuck said he didn't appreciate getting pulled. And, and I totally got that. I really understand that you can disagree with your coach as long as you have some sort of healthy relationship what it appears to me they have but i started to have such a great relationship with barry melrose by the way i think we'll get into that story but i had such a great relationship with barry at one point i remember i had given up a few goals in the first period and i, I can't remember three four five maybe and i knew barry wanted to yank me after the first period so we go into the dressing room and First thing I do, I take off my mask, take off my gloves, and I go marching right into Barry's coach's room. And I, and again, I can't use the same language because I have to clean it up a little bit. But I said, don't you dare think about pulling me. Don't you dare. And I can just remember that look on his face like, good, I like this. And I, he, he didn't pull me. But, you know, it puts the onus on the player, right? You better believe in yourself if you're going to go do something that brash that you better back it up. And so that was the start of, uh, you know, I just love Barry and uh, he and I still remain uh, friends and in contact. And, uh, you know, it was a real cool thing, I think for both of us, because we trusted each other and it was something that I felt I had to do and it puts the onus on me to play well. Right. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I, I met Barry as well when I was with the lightning. It was when he was, came as a little coaching comeback. He was the head coach. And so actually it was the year that Stamkos was drafted first overall. And Sportsnet actually did a story on me and it, I, it's funny. It popped up on my, my Facebook memories today. I think it was like a year ago today that it was released. And in that story, I, I share about how I actually played. It was an exhibition game. I played on the same line as Stamkos. The very first time he put a lightning Jersey on, it was a prospects exhibition game. And, um, the night before, you know, I wasn't very smart. I was up partying with this other guy. And I've shared this story. People that watch the show know this story. And the other guy's name was Mitch Fadden. But I, I shared the story in the Sportsnet article. But, of course, I left Mitch's name out of it because yeah. I didn't want to air out his dirty laundry. We yeah. ended up living together in Norfolk um, for a short period of time. I ended up blowing my knee out four games into the season. And he went back to the Western League after 10 games. But we were there for three months together or whatever. And so I, after the article came out, I, you know, I was trying to find Mitch because we had all these other stories. We were just kind of, you know, both kind of troubled. Um, but here we are. Barry Melrose comes into the into the room and he's like, yep, starting up forward. We got Steve Stamkos, Brady Liebold, and Mitch Fadden. And me and Mitch were like <laughs> up all night. We're looking at each other like, is this serious right now? Like, and it, and it went all right. But when the article came out, uh, I actually was trying to find Mitch and I found out that he passed away of a fentanyl overdose in 2017. And so that, you know, that was a big reason why, what kind of, you heard in the intro, Matthew Lezinski, yeah. and this one's for you. And that's really what pushed me 
to go even further because it was like, wow, this guy was a WHL all-star drafted by the Tampa Bay Lightning. And then I start to uncover all these other stories. But, you know, the long and the short of it there is that I also know Barry and he was quite the character. He's in his suit with his DC skate shoes and everything else. And it just, uh, he, he was fun to be around and, and, you know, he probably wouldn't even remember me, but uh, yeah, it was, it was good times. And uh, yeah, I, I like Barry. It was cool because I remember watching when you played, I was in the hospital when Gretzky scored his, his 802 or whatever. And I, you know, I just remember that kind of era and his mullet. And so oh. when I saw him in person, just like when you called me last month and I was like, and I heard your voice and I'm like, well, this is kind of cool. I'm fanning out right now a little bit. It was kind of the same, right? So very cool. Um, there's so another Barry story, Brady? Yeah, by all means, please. Oh, and this is uh, uh, the mental health aspect of, of it. So the summer of 1992, uh, I think I was entering my 10th year in the National Hockey League. I'm doing all the training, uh, getting ready. And I, I started to have these thoughts that I couldn't mm -hmm. keep this up any longer. And how much, uh, how many more years can I play at this level? And I knew the numbers, right? I think the average is three and a half years, the average career. And, uh, and I'm thinking, oh my gosh, there's a lot of pressure on me. I've got a young family. We, Donna was expecting our third. And uh, these thoughts were getting louder and louder. And then we get in a training camp and uh, I played okay. I was able to sort of keep the thoughts at bay, but as the season went on, they started to grow louder and louder. And uh, I was to understand about the loop from Caitlin many, many years later, but I didn't understand what was going on. And then we were on a road trip uh, in Milwaukee. They had neutral site games back then. They're testing certain markets and, I just had a really bad night. Uh, I remember ordering room service uh, and my thoughts were overwhelming. Uh, they were overwhelmingly negative. And uh, man, I, I played well the next day and for about another week and then I was off the rails. I was, I was in a ditch and I couldn't get out of it. And finally in January at some point, Barry recognized that I was uh, really struggling and I needed help. And I didn't know that I was going through a mental health uh, episode or situation. Uh, people weren't talking about it. Certainly athletes weren't at that time. Um, and so Barry was able to get me hooked up with a guy by the name of Anthony Robbins. And uh, so I worked exclusively with Tony Robbins for a little while. And uh, I was able to get out of that situation. And I was able to uh, take the team to the Stanley Cup finals that year and play another five years. So I'm forever grateful to Barry uh, for reaching out, going way out on a limb on a guy that, uh, you know, I think back then it's safe to say some organizations would have just sent me down or got rid of me or, you know, not put in the investment. So I'm always grateful for that. And, and so that was my first experience with mental health that uh, I didn't even realize. And, and I shared that in that, in my book. Yep. And the reason I shared it was the last chapter that uh, Kirstie and I wrote, because I, I felt like I wasn't being real here. I was telling all these other stories. Caitlin had already, uh, talked about her her life and I, I you know I always loved her bravery and and I thought you know I was leaving Kirstie's house one day and I thought Kelly you better let's get brave here yourself let's get real and so I, I started to share my thoughts with Kirstie yeah right and uh, so we sat down and wrote that that chapter it took another couple hours and I had never really shared that with uh, my wife, Donna, of course, knew I was going through something because that was really evident, but we didn't know what. And so um, 
that night I asked Kirsty to email me the transcript from that uh, chapter. And I was meeting Donna and Caitlin at Earl's by our house and I let them read it. And it was really cool. I was like, they're, they thanked me for being honest and sharing. And, uh, you know, that was uh, the start of my stuff. And then uh, just recently, uh, I think I've gone on uh, Twitter and uh, Instagram. Uh, I think it was late November. I started sharing that uh, I started to have some problems in 2019 in the summer. Don and I were out at Predator Ridge. Our, our happy. Yeah. We love to go there golfing. And all of a sudden, Brady, I started to have these thoughts and this time I kind of recognized to a certain degree what was going on, that the thoughts were that I couldn't continue to be a national broadcaster and how much longer can you do this and all these negative things. And I kind of understood the loop, but uh, I wasn't smart enough or brave enough to go ask for help yet. And so it, it went on until uh, basically I now I did share with Donna and all my family that I was going through this, but still I hadn't taken the step to go see somebody until I believe October of uh, 2020. And then I started going on a real regular basis when the NHL started, season started up in January. Uh, I went to 10 consecutive weeks every Friday before the Saturday broadcast. It gave me great strength. I felt real comfort sitting in that chair, talking to the person that was helping me. Um, that was a real man. I made so much progress. And then I, I, I shared a story where I felt I was good enough to take some time off and I was fine. Uh, and I've just chosen now to go back again this Friday, three weeks off was good. Yeah. Uh, and I'm okay with doing that, but I, I think I need to go back and just get a little bit more help again. And, uh, because it's going to be an awfully busy time coming up, right. With the playoffs coming up and I don't know how that's going to look. And I just want to make sure that I'm ready for it. Well, let me just say this. <laughs> That's what I think of that. Like, honestly, thank you for sharing that. Um, and thank you for, for being transparent for people to see. And I, I know that you shared it with your inner circle. Um, but again, you have your, your, and I know maybe you don't like it. I had Michael Landsberg on my show a couple of times. He downplays the fact that, you know, I saw him on TV and was, you know, recognizable, kind of iconic in Canada with sports. But yeah. you are just that. You were just that. You're now a, you're a Canadian hockey icon, staple in hockey in Canada, and that's the way it is. And so I think for people to understand that here's a guy that played in the NHL 15 years and you know got virtually got into broad, a successful broadcasting career, has a beautiful wife, kids, everything, and there still can be hard days. Um, and the fact is that asking for help, going and, and getting help, which I have also taken the steps in the last eight months to do the same thing. Yeah. But it it's obviously great for you and me doing it for me, but you having the platform you have for others to see that, wow, like, you know, I'm not alone here. Look at it. Like Kelly Rudy is, is taking the initiative to get the help that he needs. And maybe I can do that too. Um, you know, so just so much respect and admiration uh, for you to do that. And I know you were talking about the story. It was in Milwaukee, I believe when you ordered the room service and yep. uh, very up to date with, with everything I've, you know, I read the book I think <laughs> one and a half times now I, I went through a bunch of it, but I've read it, you know, so, but I, I just think your transparency has the ability to help so many people. And um, yeah, just kudos to you. And it's, it's great that you recognize that, you know, taking that time off, but when the right time is to go back. And that is yeah. powerful. That's powerful in itself. 
Yeah, that's right. I, and I'm going to share that story. I think that's going to, I think I'm going to do that on Twitter and uh, Instagram on Friday. I think I'm going to share that. And uh, because I'm not ashamed of it. I'm not a, at all. I mean, like I'm a six year old man and I didn't expect to be having to go see somebody. I thought that uh, maybe uh, I wouldn't experience this stuff again, but I'm, I'm fine with it and fine sharing. You know, one of the things that I've learned about sharing also, Brady, that uh, really warms my heart is that all the response I get to, from the people on Twitter and Instagram and all the messages that they send me, like it's, it is seriously overwhelming. It is amazingly kind of people. Uh, I have tried my very best to respond to every single person that sent me a message. And I, I think I have, uh, I, I suppose I, I may have missed a couple along the way, but I hope not. But, uh, and I just think that it's a great thing for all of us in this community to share what we're going through and we're not alone. Uh, we can get through this together. It's just, it's been really heartwarming. Trust me. Well, I can only imagine because I have a much smaller following on everywhere. Way less people know me and my story. And I am severely overwhelmed at times with people reaching out to me. So I can only imagine. But at the same time, I agree with you. It is extremely kind. And I often apologize, too, if I miss miss people in you know, it's, it's tough, right? And, and it, I feel sometimes guilty if I can't uh, get back to everybody. But I've made a lot of uh, close personal relationships and some of whom are watching um, right now, they don't miss a show um, that I, you know, okay. keep, keep in regular contact with, you yep. know, and, and yep. those, these relationships came from me taking the step and sharing my struggles and what I'm doing to get better. I'm now 14 months clean and, um, you know, kind of just, and I, I, you have to understand, like, Kelly, I was bad, man. Like I was, I was, I was the walking dead, um, trying to die. Um, the, the worst of the worst on, you know, Hastings in Vancouver. Yeah. I'm sure yeah. you're aware. Like I was down there for close to a year and, um, you know, most people don't make it out of that alive. And so, you know, I wake up every day, just super grateful and just, just to be alive. And then all these great opportunities, like the one right now, I just, you know, sometimes I'm like, I'm, I always say like waiting for Ashton Kutcher to come out and be like, you just got punked. And then all of a sudden back on the street or I'm in jail or something like it's all just a dream or something because I feel like it's crazy. Um, I know we only got about nine minutes um, to go and I didn't even cover half the stuff that I wanted to, but uh, maybe we can get together again down the road when you're, why don't we do that? Yeah. When you're not as busy. Um, but, I just wanted to uh, say too, because you mentioned Tony Robbins. So I almost fell over when I read when I read that because he's been a huge part of my daily life, and he doesn't even know it. You know what I mean? So, yeah. So it was pretty cool. And you mentioned how big he was, just a, a powerful presence. Um, I also I know he invited you to the retreat and, and didn't go. I wouldn't have gone either. But, uh, I like that part. I just laughed. So at the end of the chat, right, I flipped him like, oh, yes, that's that's too funny because there's always, you know, that that other side of it. But it sounds like you guys, he did some great work for you. And um, and, and it really kind of you got some extra years in the NHL because of it. Yeah. You know, I knew what was going on the first time I met him and I uh, was sitting in kind of like a chair like this and uh, Tony six foot nine, I believe. And and he stood up. So he didn't sit in a chair, so we we're even kind of close in height. But so I knew what was uh, taking place. He wanted to come from a position of power and uh, strength, and and that was cool. That was uh, I, I like that. 
But the great thing about it, it's, uh, you know what, Brady, it's kind of like what you and I are doing right now. We're just chatting about ourselves, right? And that's what Tony and I did. We started talking about me and how I was feeling at the moment and how I was feeling when I felt great about myself and, and how I was feeling when I felt uh, terrible and uh, not playing well. And it was just a really open conversation. And uh, yeah, I, I, I ran into, I actually, I didn't quite run into him. He was here in Calgary a few years ago and Tony and I had uh, attempted to get together. He was at a speaking event, but that night I had a, a flames game. And unfortunately Tony was fighting some sort of bug and his plane came in later and I was already at the uh, saddle dome. So we never had a chance to reconnect and uh, share a laugh or two, but yeah, he's very influential in my life. Yeah, that's uh, what a what a great experience to have that, and just such a, a cool memory. I mean, he's uh, he's changed a lot of lives. Um, a couple just before we go, before I go, a couple of people, like I said, we're watching. Um, one of them, my friend Jesse Tucker. So I'm happy to meet you, Brady. Jess, hey man, hang in there. I know you're having some hard times, um, but uh, stick with it. Another one of those individuals, Dean Smeal, Stan Smeal's brother um, oh. from the Canucks. Thank you for sharing. Kelly takes a strong person to be open and seek help. So that's uh, oh, Dean's cool. become, yeah, Dean's become a, a, a friend of mine as well. Um, and Thank the last, yeah, the last one, this is a, just a great conversation. Two people openly discussing struggles that we all have. Thank you both. Keep up the good work. That's another friend of mine. Who's a firefighter out in Abbotsford. My dad's retired firefighter, their friends, and that's how we've connected Thank as well. So there's, there's plenty more coming in, but um, we'll have to save them for another time. Uh, I will, uh, I know you probably want to, get settled into your, your comfy seat and uh, get going. Uh, there is one question for you here that I want to ask you. Uh, Sam Ritter says, how do you feel about the Flames ch playoffs chances? Uh, sorry, Sam. I don't think they're all that great. Uh, you know, I, I'm rooting for them, of course, but I don't know if it's going to be possible. They're in tough. There's no question. They're going to have to definitely run the table or something close to it. Yeah. Well, listen, Kelly, I, I truly, truly appreciate it and keep up the good work. And uh, I'm proud of you. Uh, you know, you've you've been able to identify some things. And, and the first step is obviously identifying them, but going and getting the help. I mean, that's entirely different process because we all, especially as professional athletes, we think we can do it ourselves. We don't need it. Like, you know, um, at least my experience. So keep up the good work and, uh, you know, just say hello to the family, even though I don't know them. Um, they <laughs> I'm like they seem like wonderful people and i will continue to share more good days oh. uh, and encourage people to go over there um there's a picture awesome. of your family there which is great so awesome. kelly thank you so much my friend thank you brady i'm glad that uh, you're still here with us uh we're blessed uh and you have my promise my friend that uh, i'll come back on with you uh, once or twice, 10 more times. I don't care. I just love it. I think this is really, uh, it, I really, really enjoyed it. It helped me also. And uh, I love you, bud. Thanks, Kel, man. You're uh, keep up the good work. I'm always watching and you'll, and I mentioned you a couple weeks ago. You look fantastic by the way. So Thanks, maybe, there's, maybe there's something more to it. Maybe it's not just your mental health, your physical health gets better too. So See you, okay. talk to you later. Okay, you got it. Bye. Bye. Awesome, guys. What a great episode. Thank you to Kelly Rudy. Wow. Um, I still, yeah, just kind of in disbelief uh, growing up watching so like so many of his games. I didn't get to ask him about Pavel Bure. Um, 
obviously, he was my favorite player, and I know that uh, Pavel beat him on a couple times, but Kelly Rudy also stopped him on a few times. I had the videos as a kid, and I used to turn them off when Kelly would make the save because I would watch these videos before I went to the rink. Every single day, there was this Pavel Bure video, clip video. It would get me just fired up, uh, and I used to turn it off whenever the goalies would make the save because I didn't want to see any goalies making the save. I just want to see the goals. Um, I'm going to come back and talk for a couple more minutes but bef- and do the giveaway. So stay with us. But before that, um, just going to go to a sponsor. Um, we will go with Pride Tape. Take it away, Steve Buckley down there in Beaverton, Oregon. Pocket of Hell and Back is brought to you by Pride Tape. Pride Tape is a badge of support from teammates, coaches, parents, and pros to young LGBTQ players. It shows every player that they belong playing the sport they love and that we're all on the same team. Show your support for teammates, coaches, and fans in the LGBTQ community by wrapping your stick with Pride Tape. Every roll of tape will make an impact in sports and beyond. Inclusion starts with leadership. Check out some of the ideas of how you can get involved at youcanplayproject.org. Check out Pride Tape at pridetape.com. For more information, you can send an email to aubrey at pridetape.com. That's A-U-B-R-E-E, Aubrey, at PrideTape.com. You can find PrideTape on Facebook.com slash PrideTape, on Twitter at PrideTape, and at PrideTape on Instagram. PrideTape thanks all of you for being champions for change. Thank you again to everybody at PrideTape. We are going to give away a hat and a roll of pride tape in a couple minutes. So stay with us. Um, We're also doing a giveaway on Instagram right now on Landon Curry's Instagram account at Lando snipe 17. Check him out. Young puck support warrior putting in the work. That's how we're going to do our Instagram giveaways from now on. We're going to let our puck support warriors uh, do all the giveaways. So pretty cool. Um, follow at Lando Snipes 17 for the details on the giveaway. I think it's live right now. Uh, we're going to give away a couple shirts. Um, what do you guys think of the new red and black mental health over hockey? Throw it down in the comments. Let me know if you like it. And in this one, Mark Potvin, of course, this episode is in memory uh, of Mark Potvin. Um, We've lost way too many, man. Um, Committed to bringing change. Uh, It was brought to my attention about five minutes before the episode by Susan Cook um, that Jonathan Drouin has left the Montreal Canadiens on a personal reason. Uh, He needs to take care of some personal issues. So my first instinct goes to either he's going through some mental health challenges or he's going through some addiction challenges uh doesn't necessarily mean i'm right um but if history tells us anything uh that's probably what's going on so i just want to say that jonathan drouin all you montreal canadian fans out there 
all the staff of the Montreal Canadiens, the city of Montreal, and the entire hockey community uh, together. Let's support Jonathan Drouin. Whatever he is going through, we don't know the details of it. Nobody needs to criticize him. When I left the Swift Current Broncos, because I was suicidal and homesick and all those things, I returned to the team and I had the nickname Baby. Go home, baby. You're a baby. They looked at me differently. They treated me differently. I got hazed really bad about it. Um, and it made me want to quit even more. So Jonathan Drouin, I am with you. Whatever you're going through, you probably won't see this. But if anybody is connected to the Canadians at all, fan, member of the community in Montreal, let's stick with this guy. Let's support this guy. Don't ridicule him. Don't question it. Let him work through whatever he needs to work through. Because these issues are very, very, very important, very challenging, and honestly, in some cases, can lead to tragedies like these ones. So stick with it, Jonathan Drouin, and everybody in the hockey community. Support him, please. Thank you to Susan for bringing it to my attention, among other things that she's done. Thank you so much, Susan. You know what you've done, and I appreciate it. Um, I'm forgetting a, a couple of things here, uh, as always, but let's get to the giveaway. I'm going to try to hook up my phone here and uh, see if we can't hook up my phone to my little gadget here. Let's see if we can uh, give some stuff away. I love to give stuff away. I, would, I used to give the shirt off my back to people. They're like, I like your shirt, and I'm like, you want it like if you like it that much i mean it's just a shirt here and it just it did it does something for my heart it makes me feel good to be able to give stuff away um i love doing giveaways um so let's do it let's uh here's a here's a question for you guys you might have to do some research i'm not going to make it super super easy for you guys In what year and what round and what overall, when was Kelly Rudy drafted? What team? What year? And what overall? You need to have all three of the answers. Get on Google, figure it out, give me a call, and we'll plug you into the show. And if nobody calls, then I guess we won't give it away. We'll do it again next time. When was Kelly Rudy drafted? By what team? What overall? You need to have all three to win the hat and the tape. So we'll wait to see. It's a, a small delay. And please turn down your speakers if you are going to call in so I don't have the kickback on my end. We are going to go to a sponsor real quick while we wait. Hi there, it's Regan Bartell, the play-by-play voice of the Kelowna Rockets, Brady Leovold's biggest fan. Team Issued is connecting all walks of life. 
Team Issued does this by recreating that special feeling of being a part of something bigger. A community for all striving towards the same goal. TeamIssued.ca. Promo code TOEDRAG15 for 15% off. Regan Bartell out there in Kelowna. Oh, we got a call. The one and only Will McIntyre. Hold on there, Will. Will, are you there? What's going on, brother? Hey, man. Hey, before we uh, we we get your uh, answer here, uh, thank you for nominating me for the 25 push-ups in 25 days. I am now on day two, um, and I appreciate the nomination. How's it going for you? Oh, it's going, man. It's going. It's a quick, easy way to get people to talk about stuff, and it's a fun way to do it, too. You you betcha, man. Hey, so I'm going to ask you, in what year, what overall, and what round, and what team was Kelly Rudy drafted by? I guess it's four, not three. Okay, he was drafted in 1980 by the Islanders in the second round, the 17th pick of the second round, and 38th overall. Wow, you had one more. <laughs> you got it down. Will McIntyre, you're the winner. Puck support hat, pride tape. Congratulations, and thank you for your support. Thank you for your friendship. And, uh, hey, did you get the hoodie I sent you? Yeah, I did. That, that, man, the, the red and the black's awesome. It pops. Yeah. It, yeah. It, it's sweet. And then with mom with having the first hoodie, with work, I'm gonna, I didn't get over there Sunday, but I'm going to make sure I get over there and get that picture for you. Awesome, buddy! So. Sounds good, man. Keep up, uh, keep up the good work. I'm following your push-up challenge too. I'm one day behind. Thanks, Will. All right, thanks, hey bud. Okay, buddy, it'll be in the mail tomorrow. Sounds good, fella. Ciao. Bye. Awesome. Thank you to Will McIntyre. Congratulations. Puck support hat is yours. If you want to get some of your own Puck Support merchandise, you can do so at PuckSupport.com. We have a promo code until Friday. I'm going to give it to you guys. And we've never done something like this before with this much. It's not like it's going to save you crazy amounts of money, but we're going to give you 20% off. So if you use the code, never forget 20 will get you 20% off. So for the next two days, that's going to be live. Never forget 20 for 20% off on all Puck Support merchandise. And we are picking up more hats, hopefully tomorrow, fingers crossed. So maybe I'll leave it till Saturday to give you guys that extra day. Um, if there's some hats that are out of stock, uh, I believe they're all going to be in stock except for the black mesh trucker hats. But everything else, including, which I told Susan a few days ago, some black snapbacks with pur- with a purple logo. But there's like only four of them and one of them is mine. So there's only three. So if you want to, uh, anybody wants one of those, uh, Please, uh, Dean Smeal, who said you could wear my sweater? That's hilarious. Dean, I have some uh, news for you as well, and I will tell you uh, off off the podcast as soon as it's over. But these hoodies right here uh, are going to be available tonight on the website. So give me, give me half an hour. Thank you so much for sticking with me this last year. Um, 
I think I feel like it's come a come a little a little ways. Progress, not perfection. Um, just seriously, guys, thank you for sticking with me. Um, there's, I, I know I say it all the time, but there's just no words. I, I don't understand how, how or why um, all this has happened for me. And I know that I've put in some hard work and um, t- made some changes and done some things to, surrounding my trauma and my addiction. But at the end of the day, you can do all those things and people don't need to reciprocate them in the way that you guys have. So please know that I am eternally, eternally grateful. And it only makes me want to work harder, um, continues to make me want to learn and just keep pushing forward to just to be a small light uh, in this world. So I, I just can't thank you guys enough. Um, Michelle Miner, um, hello Michelle, um, thank you for your support, um, that's Daniel Miner's mom, uh, Michelle, my heart goes out to you, I think about Daniel and you guys all the time, and yeah, my, uh, my heart goes out to you and just know that if you ever need to talk or if there's anything that I can do to do anything for you for you all of you guys please let me know please let me know and just also know that I will never stop talking about your son I will never stop talking about him uh, not for as long as I live So just know, um, yeah, just I'm thinking about you guys and I appreciate your guys' support. So much love to, to you guys up there in the Dunville area. I know it's uh, been extremely challenging. So thank you. Thank you, Michelle. If any of my family is watching or listening, mom, dad, aunts, uncles, cousins, and especially my kids, Brooklyn and Brody, I love you guys and I miss you so much. Everything that I'm doing is to build my life so that I can continue to be a better father to the kids that I do get to see, Hadley, Lincoln, Veda, but also just know that always in my mind, Brooklyn and Brody are right there at the forefront. I will continue to do everything I can to put myself in a position to be a part of your guys' life. And I don't know if that will be tomorrow. I don't know if it'll be a month, a year, 10 years. I don't know if it will be ever, but I will never, ever, ever stop trying I was able to send Brooklyn and Brody some puck support swag last week, and I'm waiting to hear if they got it. I know my friend who I sent it to received it, and now she's just waiting to uh, give it to them. And so, yeah. 
it's uh, going to be pretty emotional to know that my kids got something from Puck Support, something from me. Because for the last five years, me trying to send them anything, it never, it never got to them. All my letters got returned to sender and everything else. So, um, just yeah, I love you guys. I can't wait for my journey of across Canada on rollerblades to end, so that I can be home in Port Coquitlam, surrounded by those people that I grew up with and love and my family in Brooklyn and Brody. You guys are at the top of that list. And I just pray every single night, multiple times a day, um, that someday soon we will be reconnected because I just, I love you guys so much. And thank you to, thank you to Kelly Rudy um, for coming on and just opening up and sharing and just such a powerful episode. And we're right around the hour and 15 mark. Um, which is nice, not two hours, um, not quite as long. I am going to shut up. I'll leave you guys with First Star Therapy. Please follow us on Instagram, at Puck Support. I, I have a page for my podcast. I don't care if you follow that. Um, follow Puck Support. I also have mental at Mental Health Hockey. Don't care if you follow that. Follow Puck Support. Support Puck Support. Let's change the world together, guys. Uh, we're going to do it. We're going to do it. It's going to take a whole bunch of us. And I'm excited to, you know, just have a team of people uh, with the same mission and the same goal to just bring change in the hockey community and beyond so that I don't have to add any more people to this picture. I'm waiting because I, I think we're going to have to, unfortunately, add another individual. We lost another hockey player a couple days ago, Aaron Duvall from the Penetang Machine area in Ontario, a guy that Matt Thompson played against. Not sure exactly of the details of how he passed away. The details don't really matter right now. My heart goes out to their family, their friends. And the Penetang Machine Hockey community is, is very upset about it. They won the national championship or the provincial championship when he was there. I believe he was born in 1988. So I will update you guys with details on that. And just, we need to do something. And just know that I'm committed to doing everything I can. If you guys want to support me directly which will help me on my rollerblade journey. It will help me pay for my podcast. I don't get paid for any of the sponsorships. I do it because I like to support other great causes uh, and my friends. Team Issued, I, you know, Jess hooked me up with some clothes. Uh, Pride Tape gives me some tape. First Star gives me some training. I don't get paid for any of it because I don't do any of this for money. But if you guys do want to help me specifically, like puck support i don't get paid for that nothing if you want to support me directly because a lot of people have been asking um how they can do that and there's a few of you that already do patreon.com slash brady leibold it's a it's sort of like a monthly subscription and there's not much there and i've been talking about it for months i don't really talk like promote it or anything but it's there i will you know work on things so that if you're you know spending five dollars ten dollars twenty dollars whatever your contribution is a month i will make it worth your while and uh certainly i'll 
going to be using Patreon on my journey to, to try to just at least my training journey because I don't have a ton of money right now. Um, I actually have zero money right now. Um, and I'm not embarrassed to say that because I don't really care because I know that will all come. But if people do want to support me, which they often want to send me money or whatever, I feel very awkward about that. I don't like taking it. I don't even like posting this. I hate the fact that I have a Patreon account, but you know, there's fees that come with the podcast. It's like 70 bucks a month for this service and other things. So uh, there's a few of you, including David Carlson, who's been on there since day one and David Carlson, number one supporter um, since day one. You've been with me all the way, man. Thank you so much. Shout out to you out there in Edmonton. I saw that you said Studio 54 too. So thank you. Uh, I forgot to post it. But patreon.com, it's a monthly subscription. All of those funds will go you know, directly to help me, um, my family, even, you know, depending on how much it grows, it could help, you know, with Taylor and the kids and everything else. Who knows? But if people ask, so I'm telling you, this is how you can do it. If you don't want to, don't worry about it either. Um, we're going to make it happen either way. Reminder though, pucksport.com promo code, never forget 20. It's going to get you 20% off. We will see you Sunday night with my good friend, Four-time Stanley Cup champion, Darren McCarty. <laughs> he and him were born in the same hospital. We've become such good pals. He's coming back for the third time. He's launched a new CBD roll-on. Um, among other things, he's got some new things on the go. He's going to tell us all about that. We'll open it up to questions. It'll be a fun episode. Um, and I hope to see you guys all there Sunday 8 p.m. Eastern with DMAC. Thank you to Kelly Rudy. Thank you all for watching. If you can, if you're listening to the audio, please subscribe, rate, and review. If you liked it, give me five stars. If you hated it, give me zero or one or whatever the minimum is. Just be honest. That's what it all comes down to. Be kind, be grateful, and remember, have a great day if you so choose. Pocket of Hell and Back is brought to you by Performance Wellness. The collaboration between First Star Therapy and Mindframe brings a flexible, holistic program to athletes. The goal is to empower and enhance every athlete's well-being on and off the field of play through focus on intentful movement and mindful practices. You can contact them at consult at firststartherapy.com and team at mindframe.info. Plus, you can check them out on the web at firststartherapy.com and follow First Star on Instagram at firststar.therapy and at MindFrame on Twitter plus MindFrame Fit on Instagram.